Hello, and thanks for joining us on the Christian Celebration Center podcast. Our prayer is that this audio will encourage you in Christ and challenge you from God's Word. Enjoy the message. Luke 15. We'll be in that chapter for pretty much 99% of the morning this morning. I want to focus on one of the verses that we'll read here right now before we pray. Actually, two verses. Luke 15, starting in verse 17, says this. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father. I will set out and go back to my father. That phrase, go back to, is the Greek word, poriuemi, which means to come back. I will set out and come back to my father. This morning, can we make a purposeful decision to set out and come back to our father? This is a new day, this is a new year, and let's make a decision to set out and let 2023 be the year of the comeback. And that's the title of today's message, The Comeback. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for all of the good plans that you have in store for each and every one of us individually in 2023 and for us collectively as your church. God, we look with anticipation and excitement. Lord, I I would pray that you would help people who on this day may be looking at 2023 with anxious thoughts, with nervous thoughts, with worried thoughts or thoughts full of doubt. Lord, I pray against that in Jesus' name. Lord, would you replace those thoughts with hope, with goodness. Lord, we We want to experience your kindness today and every day through 2020. Help us to dive into your word today and hear your truths in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. You know, I I love a good road trip. Anybody else love a good road trip? I just, I'm not talking about, hey, honey, let's take a road trip to Saginaw, okay? I'm talking about the road trips that are long enough to need uh, car snacks. Come on now. Oh, I love a good car snack. I know my wife, she would prefer some white cheddar popcorn. She would love a little bit of, you know, maybe some Mike and Ikes, some candy, uh, that type of thing. I'm more of a chip guy. I'm more of a chip guy, candy bar guy, okay? I need some chips, some chocolate. And I just, I love to get out on the open road and just drive. The, the one thing that I don't like about car trips or road trips that involve car snacks is having to stop too many times. Being a young dad, three kids, seven, four, and one, and uh, we stop a lot. We stop a lot. I've come to terms with that because we have some small bladders in the car. There have been some missions trips, though, where there have been people who are old enough to know better not to drink three Mountain Dews 45 minutes from our last stop and then have to use the facilities. Oh, it's just so annoying. 
And I don't know if you know this, but uh, because I, I like to um, go on r- long road trips and I don't like to stop, man, I run that gas tank down. I run it all the way down. I start looking for gas stations uh, about the time that the gas light comes on. Normally that's about 50 miles to go. Um, and so there have been times where, I don't know if you've experienced this, but there's times where there, there isn't many exits to fill up, and you're like, okay, we're getting pretty close here. Where is the nearest exit? And there, let me tell you, there are good exits, and there are some bad exits to get some fill-ups. The bad exits are the ones where there's nothing but one gas station, and the snacks aren't any good in there, so you can't even refuel with new car snacks. And the bathroom is located outside of the building, the one where you need a two-by-four with a key attached to go out there and do your business. The good fill-ups, come on, I'm telling you, the good fill-ups are the ones with the gas station that has a fast food joint connected to it. You know what I'm talking about, little Taco Bell or KFC, McDonald's attached to the gas station. You go in there, all the facilities are immaculate. They're so clean. You can do everything. It's a one-stop shop, baby. I just love a good fill-up spot. And I, I think sometimes our spiritual lives can be like that. We're, we're, we're running low. We've been walking through it. We've been dealing with a lot of issues. We've been dealing with a ton of stuff coming at us. And all we're doing is like, Lord, I just need a good exit to rest to refuel, to regather myself, to get at least one good car snack for the rest of this journey, for the rest of the day. Sometimes we find those, those, those bad fill-up spots. You're just, you're time after time after time, you're trying to fill up, fill up with Jesus, and you're just, you're not seeming to get anywhere. You're not seeming to get fueled up. Other times we get to that great exit that the Lord provides and we come away fueled up. And I don't know about you this morning, but I believe that today is going to be a good fuel stop. It's going to be a moment where we can be fueled up, ready to go on whatever road trip God has for us in 2023. Amen? Amen. Amen. Paul writes this, ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will, through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people, in the kingdom of light. God, would you fill us with knowledge of your will? Why? So that we can live a life worthy of the Lord and please him, bearing fruit in everything that we do. Notice the order that Paul writes that. In order to bear fruit, in order to do good works, we need to know God. We need to know God and be growing in the knowledge of God. And in what I call the lost chapter, Luke 15, we see a chapter full of three parables that Jesus tells about things that are lost. 
We see the parable of the lost sheep, which many of you are familiar with. We see the parable of the lost coin and the parable of the lost son. And if you're new to this whole church thing, you're like, I what was he talking about? Parable. What is that? Parables are simply this. Parables are earthly stories with heavenly meanings. Earthly stories with heavenly meanings. In other words, Jesus uses parables often throughout his ministry, often throughout the Gospels, to show and tell people about who God is and what he's like. Jesus is sharing these earthly stories to show and tell people who God is and what God is like. These earthly stories connected people to what the kingdom of God was really like. They showed followers how to best reflect God in the way they lived their lives. And with the time that we have left this morning, let's look at one of these three parables in order that we may better know who God is and what he is like, so we can be filled up, you know, grab some good car snacks, and bear good fruit on our journey with Jesus today and into the new year. So let's pick it up, Luke 15, verse 11. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he, the father, divided his property between them. Here's, here's right off the bat, here's the first thing that we learn about God. God gives choices. God gives choices. Normally, in Jewish culture, and even it's still common today in our culture, kids don't get inheritance until their parents have passed away. The fact that the younger son asks his father for an, in, for an inheritance early shows that the son wishes that his dad were dead and that he wants nothing to do with him. He wants to go and do things his own way and on his own terms. I, I see a lot of followers, I talk with a lot of followers of Jesus throughout the week, throughout the months, throughout the years, and I have experienced uh, many, many followers of Jesus uh, saying things like, the enemy is really after me today. The, the enemy has really got a target on my back. I, I got a speeding ticket today. The devil must really be out to get me. And I, let me tell you, uh, some of the issues that you have in your life, yes, the enemy is messing with you, trying to get your focus off of Jesus, trying to get your focus on all of your problems, and that's why Paul writes, hey, don't keep your eyes on earthly things, keep your eyes on heavenly things, but the, the enemy's just trying to mess with you, but I would say that that's some of the time. Can I tell you that you and I are more than capable, we are more than qualified to mess things up on our own? Just making our own decisions, making our own choices, God has given us free will, and let me tell you, None of us are batting a thousand when it comes to making choices. We have the ability to make choices. And sometimes, like the younger son, we make bad ones that we think at the time are actually good. We make selfish ones sometimes that we think 
are right. As much as this may hurt the Father's heart, he allows us to make our own decisions unforced. And how many of you know that unforced love is the most genuine kind of love? Forced love is a false love. It's not even love. God gives us this free will that we might make decisions and learn to make decisions that honor him, that go along with his will, his wishes. It's this freedom kind of love. His love is not forced. It's so pure. And then we get to verses 13 through 16 in this parable of the lost son, and it describes what the younger son did after he received his inheritance. He left, he went as far away as he could. They said they, he went into a foreign land, as far away as he could, and he just simply lived for himself. He spent his entire inheritance on things, on stuff, and on experiences. And after he had spent all that he had, famine hit the land that he was in. Gas prices soared. Food got way more expensive at the grocery store. Rent ballooned. And he couldn't keep doing what he was doing. So he needed to get a job. He got a job, the lowest possible job that a Jewish person in that day and age could have gotten taking care of pigs, considered the most unclean animal in the Jewish traditions. He got this job, and he was still going hungry. He still had nothing. He's looking at what the pigs are eating. They're more well-fed than he is, and he's just longing to eat what these pigs are eating. He was completely humiliated and embarrassed. And then we come to verse 17. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. The next thing we see about God is this. God is always ready for a comeback. God is always ready for a comeback. A good comeback story starts with humility and repentance. The son is staring at one of the most unclean animals. And he has this thought. He has this like recollection. He's like sitting there. And I don't know what caused him to come to his father and be like, I wish you were dead. I don't want to be around you. Can you just give me what's rightfully mine early so I can get out of here? I have a guess of what it could be. I would guess that it was bitterness or something that offended him. That's my guess. I don't know for sure, but that's my guess. It's almost like he's sitting there, and all of a sudden, the blinders that have been put on him from this bitterness, this offense, whatever it was, kind of went away, and he really saw and remembered correctly who his father really was. And so he's sitting there like, wait a minute. 
My dad takes way better care than this of his hired servants. Surely I could just maybe go back there and even though, man, I like abandoned my father, I told him to get lost and his servants are doing better than me. I mean, as bad as I messed up, I think, based on what I remember of my father, I think he would at least let me work for him to try to pay off my debt and my sin. He has this realization that accepting whatever maybe punishment by his father, whatever retribution his father would charge him, would be better than continuing on his own. He has this thought that a poor and lowly servant near the father is far better than lavish, selfish living far away from the Father. I just need to be near my Father, and I will be taken care of no matter what happens. And then we get to the next part of verse 20. But while he was still a long way off, so the younger son gets up, heads to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him, He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. You know what? God is never embarrassed. Isn't that amazing news? God is never embarrassed. God was ready for the comeback. He was constantly, every day, looking at that horizon, waiting for his son to come. And finally... There's his son. He saw the condition his son was in. He saw the way he looked. This this kid, just a couple verses earlier, was sitting in the mud, was sitting in the dirt, was probably sitting, dare I say this, was probably sitting in some pig poop. He was nasty. He was filthy. He was smelly we can pretty much guarantee that the younger son's condition was this because he got up and set out to go back to his dad. He didn't shower or get cleaned up. He didn't change his clothes. He didn't put on any cologne. He didn't have anything. That's what Scripture said. He had nothing. And so God sees, the father sees his son in the condition he's in and runs to him anyway. He runs a really long way. He was a long way off. The closer he gets, the better he can see and smell his son's condition. And he still keeps running until he reaches his son. What a picture that Jesus paints that contrasts Jewish culture. Here's what was normal in Jewish culture. Rich old men, they never ran. They never ran. That's what they had servants for. Servants would go and run and get things for them. They never ran. Why? Because it was embarrassing. And it was degrading. But God is never embarrassed to be seen meeting his child in the middle of their comeback. God is never embarrassed to be seen running after, hugging, and kissing a completely filthy, 
and smelly son or daughter on their way home. Oh, come on, that is a good place for an amen. God is never embarrassed. You're never too far away. You're never too dirty. You're never too messed up to come back to God and experience a warm embrace, a love unlike anything else. You can come back to God any time, just as you are. You can come back to God any time, just as you are. I love the amazing sculpture by Charlie Mackesy depicting exactly what the scene in verse 20 looked like. It shows a son collapsing into the embrace of his father, tired from doing things his own way. The feeling, the realization that he was not getting what he really deserved from his father. I can just picture this embrace that the father has and the son kind of being tense like, oh no, is he going to yell at me? What's about to happen? And when he feels this warm, loving embrace of his father as the father hugs and kisses him and whispers in his ear, I'm so glad that you're home. I can just picture the son like this tense feeling just, I'm home. I'm home. In that embrace, the father doesn't have to say a word. But the son knows that he is loved. God's love is just different. For all the young people, all the Thrive students, I don't see many. They're probably sleeping in after last night. For all the Thrive students, God's love just hits different. God's love just hits different. Look at verses 21 through 24. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. They began to party. Verse 18 and the first half of verse 19 of the son's speech, you know, the one he was rehearsing, I'll go and tell my father this. And then he sets out those, that verse and a half was a true apology and true repentance. And the second half of verse 19 was the son's plan. The son's plan on how he was to make it right. Hire me as one of your servants. That's what, that was his plan on how to move forward. Interestingly, the father interrupts the son just before the kid shares what he thinks his plan should be. His dad saw the son's repentance as he was walking back home. He lets him apologize 
sees his humility and couldn't care less about what the son's plans were. We learn here that we don't get to tell God what to do. We don't get to tell God what to do. We don't get to tell God how to act toward people. Jesus is king, not a presidential candidate. That means we can't rewrite the rule book. That means we can't submit proposals to change the Constitution in his kingdom. We are to follow his agenda, his will, and his desires. We are to follow his way. God's love is just different. His grace is sufficient. His mercies are new every single day. His way is better. It may not make sense, and it doesn't have to make sense. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are so far beyond our thoughts. The younger son thought that after his mess up, after he wished his father dead and went off on his own to do his own thing as far away as he could, that he'd have to come back and earn his dad's love. That he'd have to come back and somehow work it off to be loved again. You don't earn sonship. You don't earn sonship or daughtership. You can't. You can't. It's not what do I have to do to be. It's I am this, therefore I do. You're like, what did you just say, Pastor David? It's a simple mindset shift from what do I have to do to be a good follower? Okay, what do I have to do to be a good follower? And shifting to, I am a follower of Jesus. Therefore, I do this and I do that. It takes the emphasis off of self and puts it on the Father. I am his, therefore I act and live and do these things. You don't earn sonship or daughtership. You accept sonship and daughtership. Your identity doesn't come from what you do. It comes from whose you are. Now what does that mean? Well, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a, a, a son. I'm an adopted son or daughter of the, the living God. Therefore, I get to do whatever I want. Because his mercies are new every morning. I can come back whenever I want, filthy, and he'll clean me right up. No! That's not what that means. It's I'm a follower of God. I get things that I don't deserve. Therefore, I'm going to live a life that reflects my father. I'm going to live a life that my father would be proud of. You become and then you do. So if God gives us choices, if he's always ready for a comeback, if he's never embarrassed, if his love is different, what does that mean for you. How do you make 2023 the year of the comeback? Well, first thing, come back to the Father. Come back to the Father. No matter where you find yourself today, whatever you find yourself dealing with, 
Make the time to come back to God. I love that we're starting this year off with 40 days of prayer. You're able to make the time to come back to the Father every single day and to make it a habit. They say that a new habit is created and is apparent in your life after 21 days. You got double that almost. 40 days to make prayer an absolute foundational habit in your life. Make time for the word. Make time for prayer. Make time for worship. Second thing is this. Come back to humility and repentance in 2023. This will make your spiritual life flourish. And let me just tell you, there's a little bonus tip. Coming back to repentance and humility, it will make every single other relationship in your life amazing as well. Husbands, come back to humility and repentance, your marriage will flourish. Wives, come back to humility and repentance, your marriage will flourish. Fathers, mothers, come back to humility and repentance, your relationship with your kids will flourish. Relationship with your co-workers, with your boss, etc., etc., they will flourish. Paul writes to the Philippians, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind... In straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. When you repent, it's simply you were doing this. That didn't line up with the Father. I'm going to stop doing that, and I'm going to walk the other way and do the complete opposite thing. And then once you do that, once you do that, you don't even need to look back at that. Forget it. Forget it. Nobody got time for that. You messed up. Okay, great. You repented. God embraces you move forward forget your mistakes because god certainly has number three come back to community come back to community the younger son came back and there was a group of people celebrating him will 2023 be the year where you go deeper in your discipleship walk where you go deeper in your discipleship walk. What do I mean by that? Will this be the year that you get more involved than just coming on a Sunday morning? Although that's fantastic. Regular Sunday morning attendance is very vital to the discipleship process. But will you maybe join a team and serve in a CCC ministry this year? Will you join a life group and do life with other believers who can walk with you, celebrate with you, pray with you. I'm telling you, if you're really serious about 2023 being a banner year for you, grab a green card right now from in front of you, write your name, your contact info, check what you need to check, drop it in one of the red boxes on your way out. We will help you take your next steps in your discipleship journey. This could be a banner year for you. This could be a a milestone where Years down the road, you look back and you're like, 2023 was the year that changed me, my family, and my future family for generations to come. Make a habit of doing whatever it takes to grow in Christ. Number four, don't be the older brother. Don't be the older brother. Some of you are like, what are you talking about? It's in the rest of the parable. The son is 
partying it up with his community and his dad. They're all happy. And the older brother somehow missed everything out in the field, doing, doing, doing. And somehow missed his father's heart, even though he never strayed away. And he comes back and he is livid. He is angry that this this guy, this person that used to be his brother is getting all of this and he gets nothing. Don't be the older brother. Man, I have been praying for breakthrough for 2023. Praying for tons of comebacks to walk through those doors and to walk through those doors. Every single week, there could be people that, quote unquote, smell, are dirty, they look different, but they are coming back to the Father. Oh, Lord, help us not to be the older brother. Let's reflect the Father. Let's welcome people in with warm embraces and celebrate them. I think we can all relate to the story that we're just about to watch. This is a testimony from a guy named Alex, and this is part of the Alpha film series that really connects what we're talking about this morning. Go ahead and watch. My mom had MS, so she was really ill when I was growing up. I didn't really know life without her having MS. But besides that, my parents were like the best to me. They, were, they would do anything for me. But I wasn't the best kid. I am now, like now I'm the best. But uh, before, when I was a teenager, I, I would just lie and I would be rubbish in school. I wouldn't be like the violent kid or it wouldn't be like obvious, like some kids get into gangs and selling drugs. I, I was like way too smart. Like I just like causing trouble that you couldn't get caught for. And over a period of time, I started to realize how you could steal without getting caught. One day coming back from the, the cinema, I remember walking through the door and my parents were sat at the dinner table and was like, Alex, we need to talk to you. And basically what happened is like, I just stole money from their bank account and they found out. And so I ran upstairs into my room. I just remember feeling like I hate myself. Not even like who had I become. No, it wasn't like that sort of moment. It was more, I'm rubbish. Like, I'm just a bad kid. And so I piled my entire room against my door like, I got my bed, my drawers on my bed, everything, and then piled it up and then just sat at the other end of this barricade. It was silent for a bit, and I, I was crying, and I just, my dad comes up the stairs, he knocks on the door, and I just don't say anything. And then he stops and was like, okay, I'm gonna go. But he said this thing, which I'll never forget exactly what he said. He said, I need you to know that me and your mum love you. We're just confused, because we don't know what we haven't done for you. And then he, he just said, I would love it if you opened the door because I really want to give you a hug right now. And then like, a few years later, I don't know what I was thinking about, but I was just thinking about that moment. I realized like, that's the, like, one of the most real examples of who God is that I've ever seen in my life. Just, just sort of that begging to come and show mercy. My dad's just the best. you checked out, you fell asleep, hear this. In 2023, there's a good chance that you'll make 
a bad decision. There's a chance you'll get something wrong. But Jesus wants to meet you in those mistakes and hug you out of them, love you out of them. All you need to do is come back to him all the time, every time. God says to you today, I see you. I see all of you. I see you trying. I see you striving. I see your flaws and I see your failures. And you don't have to prove anything. You don't have to earn a thing. Just come back to me. We're going to spend just a few minutes in some personal time with Jesus as we close out today, just to respond to what we've heard. And I think that there are four types of people in this room right now. If you want to close your eyes, just bow your heads for just a second. Just really focus in and try to figure out which one am I. There's four types of people here right now. First one, you've never believed in Jesus before. You've never had a relationship with him. You've never experienced his lordship and his salvation in your life. If that's you, I just encourage you to cry out to him. There's no, there's no specific prayer to pray. God looks at your heart. If you really want to experience this amazing, loving embrace by Jesus and his lordship in your life, just simply say something like, Jesus, I am not perfect. You are. Would you be Lord of my life and direct my life? I believe in you. I want your love. The second person is you've believed before, but you've been away. You've lived at your father's house, but you asked for your inheritance early and left. You walked away from Jesus, and some way, somehow, you ended up here on New Year's Day. God calling you back, wanting to clean you up, wanting to hug you. Just cry out to him. That's it. Jesus, I'm coming back third person. You're following Jesus, but this morning you have felt and have seen that you're farther away from him than you'd like to be. Would you just ask Jesus to search your heart and pinpoint the areas in your life where you need to come back to him? He's ready to meet you in your comeback. The fourth person, you're in the best spiritual spot you've ever been in your entire life. If that's you, there's always more. There's always more. There is an area where you can grow even closer to Jesus than you are right now. And so we're just going to spend the next minute or so just asking Jesus to pinpoint areas in our lives where we need to come back to him. Thank you for listening. You know, we believe God has something amazing in store for you today. And now is the perfect time to take a few moments and pray about what you just heard. If this message spoke to you, we would love to hear about it. Send us an email to office at cccmidland.com or connect with us on your favorite social media at cccmidland.com.